save six figures with Gina Knox, the podcast where I coach you on how to save $100,000 by optimizing your cash flow. Hello, savers, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have a very special guest for you all. I'm so excited for this guest because this guest, Ashley Goodrich, and I, we (laughs) met at Intuit when we used to work together at Intuit. I think we were working together on the QuickBooks sales tax team, if I remember correctly, and that's how we met. Um, And we've just stayed connected. So I, I won't go too far into it, but I'm so excited for today. Ashley, feel free to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about who you are and what you do. Hi, everyone. Gina, thank you for having me. This is awesome. I've never done one of these before, so let's do it. Uh, I'm a content designer. I work on QuickBooks, doing a lot of the content on their website and their products. Um, I've been doing this for, shit, like seven seven years now, but I've been in tech for over 10. Um, so you joined Six Figure Saver about a year ago, I think. We actually think we're coming That's up right. just now on a year. And before then, I know you had, I think, joined my email list when I left into it, maybe. Mm-hmm. I remember when I left into it, I sent like a email, a goodbye email to the design org and linked my my website. And I think shortly thereafter, you were like stalking me <laughs> in like yeah, a loving 100%. way, right? Well, I think even before that, you helped me figure out what maternity leave could look like because you were expecting Paloma before I was expecting Tori and you kind of navigated that whole scary system and I just copy and pasted and I got like the best maternity leave ever. That's right. I forgot about that. Cause y'all, if you've ever navigated getting your benefits from a huge mega corporation, it is <laughs> insane. It's like five HR people you have to talk to and seven different, the Aflac people and the, this people and the city and the state. It's a whole checklist to just get it's a mess. leave. Yeah. It's a That's mess, right. but hopefully not for a while again. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Hopefully not for a while again, or maybe, or maybe hopefully (laughs) soon, who knows? (laughs) Um, so tell us why, um, why you joined six figure saver? Like what, what drew you to this kind of work? Yeah. So I think having worked in tech for a very long time, um, we are so blessed with so many different benefits like whether it's 401k matching or um, employee stock purchase plans or any, just the pay in general typically is a lot higher than most places. And I remember being so proud of my salary and so proud of these bonuses and all these things that were coming my way and looking at my bank account and being like, where did it go? And looking around my house and being like, where did I buy? What, What did I do with all that money? Where did it go? And especially having a baby, you start to think about, well, what are they going to have? I didn't come from generational wealth. I didn't come from a family that had those means to be able to say like, oh, well, here you go. You're set up. Um, But that doesn't mean that I can't build it. And I think I just felt really inspired, especially when you had Paloma and especially when you left this really cushy job to do this. I'm like, how the hell did she do that? We, We were doing kind of the same work. And yeah, that's some golden handcuffs. Tired. Yeah. <laughs> that's some big golden. And for any of those who, people who don't know, golden handcuffs is like when you're handcuffed to a job because the benefits and the pay are so good that you're like, how can I ever yeah. justify leaving? It and don't get me wrong. I, I love my job. I love my job so much, but I could not figure out the biggest piece of it of like, I do this for joy. I'm so lucky to be able to say that, but I'm also very fairly compensated. And what am I doing to show for that? Where, where, where's it all going? And the biggest, hardest piece in that is kind of looking yourself in the mirror, right? It's like with any big change of like who you are and like fundamentally how you need to change to progress, you got to look at yourself and you have to look at your habits and be like, yeah, that's what's not working. 
Yeah. I think so many of my clients, regardless of how they make money can identify with that of like, listen, I'm a, I'm a high earner. I'm earning well, where is it all? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and tr- and I've had clients who are making 2 million a year asking that question and clients making 300 a year asking that question and clients making 70 a year asking that question. And it's like, we experience it at all different levels, but that, that reckoning moment of like, I know I brought in money, but I right. don't know I where it went. It. I can see it, but I, it, like, it's I not the same sticking. Amount every two weeks. I'm so like, like, I think about all the things that I am fortunate for, especially being married to somebody who's self-employed. My cash flow is consistent. I know exactly what I'm going to be making. So I don't have that. Um, I have that benefit of like, I know where to route what I need to do, but I'll never forget you being Gina. We're like, this looks like emotional spending. This looks like reckless spending. I was and mean I remember coach. Like, what, what do you what do you mean? What are you talking about? Reckless. Going to Sephora is not reckless. Going to all these vacations isn't reckless. This is fulfilling and finding all these bullshit excuses to justify this. And the hardest part was legit just starting. Just just being like, I I'm just gonna spend the next few weeks seeing where my money goes. I think that this is such an interesting thing because. I, I never tell my clients how to spend their money or what to spend or what not to spend. And I don't believe that that's at all helpful, but I do believe that there is, there comes this reckoning moment when you have internally multiple priorities, right? Like I have a priority to live my life to the fullest. And that may include, I remember we had talked about hair extensions at one point, (laughs) like that's going to include hair extensions and the Sephora and the trip. So there's like, (laughs) right. I I sound, I sound like a fucking influencer. (laughs) No, but truly like I, I want to live my life to a certain level. And that is something that I prioritize. And I want to prioritize my financial health and I want to prioritize, you know, not having debt or like leaving something for my kid or whatever. And it's, All it is, is a decision at the end of the day. And when you come to the point where you're like, I'm unhappy with where I am financially or where I'm not, you, it's all it is, is a choice. And then we just have to sit down and like have a discussion and look at the money and then decide what it is that you want to do and how you want to do it. But so much of us, so many of us in our culture, we have this like, Ah, oh, just charge it or like, oh, I'm not going to look or like, it's fine. Kind of avoidance mentality. Um, and it is fun in the moment, but then we're up at night thinking about it as well. So I really think that there is a healthy way to spend your money and live your life in a way that you want while also prioritizing your financial health. What do you think? No, you're absolutely right. And I think like one of the biggest elements is knowing your triggers, knowing your weaknesses and setting boundaries. Like me, for example, the convenience of having Apple Pay and just scanning my face to just ding, like that's really, you have to actively choose not to do that because now you're losing that act of pulling out your credit card and looking at it and thinking, oh, I think I've got two grand on here already. Like maybe I should reel it in. Do I really need this thing? Do I really need to like commit to the shopping cart that I just put together because it was fun and I made up excuses for why I need it. And it's, it's the behaviors that need to change. It's not anything, but the behavior and the mental aspect of what you're doing in that moment, because the reality is you end up with a bunch of shit you never needed. You never truly needed. And you have to look at it as would I rather have this, whatever $150 perfume that I'm probably never going to wear because I work from home or would I rather have that in a savings account and eventually it turns into a thousand and eventually that turns into 10,000 if I just keep skipping on the things that truly aren't needed or won't necessarily bring me joy either just in that moment but it's gone And I think too, to go back to this idea of like emotional spending, which is what I called you out for 
in those early days. <laughs> I remember on our calls, my definition of emotional spending is spending money to feel a certain feeling or avoid feeling something. So it's not mm-hmm. actually about what you're buying. It's about what you want to feel or what you don't want to feel. Do you think that that's what, does that definition fit what you were doing? Um, yes. I think it was this feeling of excuses. This feeling of like, I work hard and I do, I bust my ass. Like, you know this better than anybody. Being a full-time mom and a full-time employee and being obsessed with your job like you bust your ass we are bad bitches and like I like truly it's it's like it's in our blood and so when I treat myself I treat myself I am like I deserve this I did so much today I whatever I'm so proud of myself like here's a little a little treat you know but that that treat happens often (laughs) I treat myself very good, but I think once I started to have a kid or except like when I, when I had my son, I started to realize that treating yourself good doesn't come down to just buying the Gucci bag, just, you know, taking the trip. Sometimes treating yourself good is being ready for a rainy day. Cause those things sure as shit hit as you get older and not having to put that on a credit card or ask for help like that that is taking care of yourself amen to that i always say like <laughs> taking care of your money is one of the most profound acts of self love and like learning how to save and building up a savings and figuring out your money stuff is such a way to show yourself that you care about yourself because of your point, right? Like things are going to come up, whether they're emergencies, whether they're family stuff, whether they're illnesses, whatever it is, stuff is coming in your life. And when you have the money in place to take care of it, it's like that becomes, you're just allowed to focus on the thing. Like, let's say I, I had a client who had a death in the family and like, in the course of 24 hours, had to cancel all her calls, book a like last minute flight, fly across the country and take a week off. So when you have the finances in place, you can just focus on your family. You don't have to be like, oh my God, okay, I'm going to put this on a credit card and how am I going to do this? And how am I going to make up for the lost week of work? And it's like, it's the biggest gift. Absolutely. Talk to us about, you came into Six Figure Saver. Mm -hmm. And I called you out for emotional spending. (laughs) Talk to us about your results. Like what happened and then how did you get those results? So let me give a baseline of where I was when we started. So we had done a full round of IVF. Um, I had gotten laid off from my job. I forgot about that. Because That's COVID, right. COVID pandemic, I was like 20 something weeks pregnant. Um, I took out a personal loan to remodel our kitchen because before having the baby, we were like, this just isn't, the house isn't set up for an infant. Um, there were just a number of things that had happened. We needed a new car um, and it just really piled up. And it was never this moment of like, I'm so underwater. Like we we thought through all of the decisions that we made and we had plans in place of paying it back, the you know, monthly yada yada. Um, and we were in a good position. We still even had like that savings of, you know, you can fall back on this. Um, but never would it have been enough to just pay it all off one day if needed. It was kind of just a constant gamble. And finally, when I went back to into it after the layoff, um, well, I was laid off at the previous company and then I went back to into it. Um, it wasn't until then that I realized, oh my gosh, like there are so many ways to save money where my money will make money. And then all of this will be gone faster. 
And I did a bunch of research online, but it was all, I mean, okay, like I said, I'm a content designer. So I take really confusing terminology and I convert it into words that a fourth grader would understand. And so going on these websites, trying to figure out what fucking APY means and what all these like, like really you should work for the IRS. Have you ever tried to read IRS.gov? That's what I do <laughs> for my clients. <laughs> That's just complicated. It's so unnecessarily complicated to understand. Ridiculous. And so I didn't even know what kind of thing I committed to when I got the the personal loan for the kitchen. I just said, sure, I'll pay it off in this time and it'll be this much. But when I actually did the math, it was was like 10, 12 grand just in interest. And I'm like, that was really dumb. I bought myself a year, basically. If I just waited a year, I could have done this by myself. Anyway, I remember being with all of my work friends. And they were all figuring out their 401ks and like their employee stock purchase plans and all of that. And they were already in six figures. And I hadn't started yet because I didn't know. I had no freaking clue. And I realized... The longer I wait, the harder this will be. Like the difference between 30 and 35 even is drastic in terms of what you're capable of saving. And I started small. I started really small. I said, there's no reason why I can't set aside $250 paycheck. There's no reason. And then I'm like, I can go a little bit more. I can do 500. And then I started realizing I'm saving a grand a month. And I think it was just coming across your Instagram at one point and you were like, six figure saver, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, this bitch is stacking cash. We did the exact, we basically did the same line of work in terms of like probably salary, I'm assuming. Like we were probably pretty close. And I'm like, how did she do that? What is she doing? And so you're right. I lurked. I, I scrolled all day. And I thought to myself, well, look, what better investment in the savings? Like if she's saying that this program can help me get in the right mindset of saving the way that she does, I'm just redirecting my savings, a portion of it to you to help me triple that. So for me, it was a investment. It was me investing in myself. It was me investing in Tori's future. It was an opportunity to like really face myself and my habits and change them. So you joined, I remember you DM'd me and you were like, I really want to join. I don't know. What should I yeah. do? And is this I right think, for me? Yeah. And I think one of your biggest questions, which makes sense is I'm not an entrepreneur and six figure savers for entrepreneurs. So is this actually the right thing? I think you had asked about maybe doing one-on-one coaching instead. And um, my recommendation, and if you're listening to this podcast and you're not an entrepreneur, I always say the principles, the key strategies in Six Figure Saver and the coaching are universal. Mm -hmm. They are specifically designed in terms of the words that we use and the the way we talk about money is geared towards entrepreneurs, but anybody can use it as long as you can like do a little bit of decoding from entrepreneur speak to like normal speak. And um, so that's what I told you. I said, listen, the curriculum is going to make sense regardless of how you make money. So I think you should join, join anyways. And then you did. Can you tell us about your experience once you were inside the program and Like what happened? Yeah. And I will say you're absolutely right about the tools and the mindset and the approach to these things. It is everything that I have learned from this space with the entrepreneurs is everything that you would have told me outside of the space. And so there were absolutely times where I'm like, oh, like maybe this conversation isn't applicable to me because I don't have variable income or I don't have, but I looked at that as like, you're lucky. Like you're lucky that you have this 
But you also do have variable income because you get annual bonuses, which is not regular and stock grants, which are not regular. So there is, and you also are married to an entrepreneur. That's absolutely right. And what I was getting at is that doesn't mean that the expenses aren't variable. It doesn't mean that the, the life things that happen aren't variable and how they differ is, is kind of the only change, right? Like I'm, my business is my home. My business is my expenses. Like for example, what I was telling you about before, a couple of weeks ago, our sewer line busted. And what? Like I, I've, what? <laughs> I don't even, explain it to me like I'm four. I don't get it. Um, basically we have like the super most old pipes a house can ever have 11 feet underground and they charge by the foot both depth and length so it came out to almost 30 grand and it wasn't a thing we could wait on either it was like either fix this now or your whole yard will be flooded with and like your foundation too like that could really mess up your foundation it like there were there was no option there was no option and it sucked. Like there's no way around it. It sucks. Like you start thinking about all the things you could have done with that money. Buy a vacation apartment or condo, not a vacation home, but like you could travel, you could build onto your home. You could buy a brand new car, like you could buy a just, boat, you know, I mean, damn, like the list goes on, but instead we're like replacing the shitter. Like that's cool. Um, and I mean, at some point you just kind of have to go along with it and trust that this is part of the process and what, what a shitty way to spend your money, no pun intended, but how lucky were we that we didn't have to open up a line of credit, that we didn't have to put it on the card. Like we had that cash because we were ready for it, whatever it is. Um, and that feeling was really great like we didn't have to go into debt we've pulled ourselves out of debt and so the debt cycle is closed and now we just rebuild we rebuild and we repair i'm pulling up your numbers right now um so for people listening clients whenever you save money in six figure saver you can submit it to our savings tracker and it like tallies up how much you saved in the program And that goes towards our community total as well. And I'm looking at yours right now. You have like at least 10, 15 entries over the last year. You had submitted $59,550 of savings wins. That's crazy on a fixed income. And I, like we've said, you know, you definitely have a generous income, but it's, it's not like my entrepreneurs who can go out and have a hundred K launch on a day and then save it all. That's been over like a consistent effort over time. And yeah, to your point, like it sucks that you have to go spend 30 grand on a pipe. (laughs) Which is insane. Underground, but it's so much better that you had it. Um, Yeah. I'm just, that sucks. That really fucking sucks. It totally (laughs) sucks. But to the point of like having that money there, one of the biggest takeaways that I've had is out of sight, out of mind, Mm -hmm. right? If I just, and that's how I work. I think that's okay to say, like, if I have the money, I feel the urge to spend it. And so if I just set it up so that it routes into a place that it's safe and I only really tap into it if I need it, that's okay. Sometimes when I get paid, I only end up getting about like five, 600 bucks And I'm like, oh, okay, this will last me for two weeks of groceries, gas, whatever. But I get strategic with it now. And I look at my other accounts, like my 401k and my savings, and that's where it all went. And that feels good. Being able to say, like, heaven forbid something happened at work or you know, another unexpected life event, 
I'm not afraid of it. Any, I'm afraid of, I'm always afraid. I'm always afraid of that shit. But like to know that I will be able to brave it without much damage is such a blessing. I lovingly call people like you squirrels. Like you're my squirrels because you're like squirreling away your money for the winter and you're like putting your nuts in different accounts and squirrels squirreling is a strategy to help with a usually like a mindset I don't want to use the word problem that sounds really dramatic but that's the word that's coming to mind so like let me hide my money from myself in all these different accounts because Mm -hmm. if I don't see it I won't spend it I think squirreling is such a powerful strategy and it just goes to show like you don't have to fix your mindset first before you start saving. Like you can do both at the same time, right? Like you can work on your tendencies to want to spend any money that you see if you want, and you can squirrel at the same time. And that's right. I do like, I do have clients that I get, um, I get mean with who are like mega squirrels who have like I don't know. I have a client recently who had 26 bank accounts and I'm like, okay, we're going to consolidate a little. She also is working in two different currencies. So it's like double the bank accounts, but I'm like, we're going to make it a little simpler and consolidate. But um, yeah, squirreling is so useful if you find yourself having the urge to just spend money when you see it. Yeah. It so, and super powerful. There, there's something even more powerful of spending that money actively removing that money and I'm not afraid to spend my money like it's Mm -hmm. there for a reason right I was really scared um and to a certain degree like it does need to be justified but there's also things that don't need to be justified to that point of like I work really hard I deserve a vacation like we went on a vacation we spent so much money on the most comfortable convenient one-way trip like we went to Europe as a family of three and stayed at like the the bougiest places Love and it. got car service and like made it the most comfortable trip because we had planned for it. We had saved for it. And spending that money felt powerful. I always say there's the, how do I say this? The only way to know if you're spending your money correctly is if you like your reason and that's Mm -hmm. it. All you have to do is like your reason. Your reason could be, I just want to be comfortable because I'm traveling with a (laughs) two-year-old and like, and that is reason enough. And it doesn't matter what you buy. It doesn't matter like who you, you don't need to justify it to anyone. You just need to like your reason for it. Or like this pipe that broke. Okay. Like (laughs) we don't love spending 30 grand on a pipe, but we really like the reason for spending it. Like, yeah, that makes sense. And so, yeah, yeah, you don't have to like what you buy in order to like your reason. Um, but that's like, you don't have to justify it to anybody. Right. But earlier to your point earlier of like taking a look in the mirror and saying like, okay, like I need to work on me. If you're not liking your reasons for what you're doing with your money right now, that is when you have to start taking a look at what's going on. Yeah. And I think something you talk about often is breaking that debt cycle and focusing on savings. And I will say that was the hardest part for me. Like, yeah, let's talk about it. What that, happened? That, there was so much debt. There was so much. There was the kitchen, there was IVF, there were, I mean, we're looking at close to like 50 grand. Mm-hmm. And The thing I took away from that the most was the more you kick yourself for this, the less you will save. It is there and it will not go away on its own. But if I can look at this and feel neutral about it and start focusing on my savings, I will get out of this cycle and it won't be comfortable Nothing about this is comfortable. I actually look at all of your work and all of your plans almost as like a fitness journey. It's very similar. It's very similar. Like you hire a coach who is there to hold you accountable 
and be real with you and help you come up with strategies to get to your goal. But you're there because you need that support. You need that transparency and you need that direction. And there's nothing easy about following macros and committing to the gym X amount of weeks or X amount of days per week. Like it's uncomfortable because it's not something you do normally. It's not something you're familiar with. So you have to change these habits. So anyway, long and short, long and long, I started just setting aside everything that I made. My tax return wasn't an opportunity to like go ham. My bonus- Can I pause you for a minute? I want to talk about the debt a little more because you said, you know, like getting neutral about debt and a lot of people have trouble with the interest. Like they're like, okay, debt doesn't mean I'm a bad person, but like, but Gina, I don't want to pay this interest. So like, what should I do? And you mentioned, you know, you had about 50 grand of debt across different types how did you get over that hump and start just focusing on savings? And then like, talk us through what happened. Yeah. So what I would do is I would just pay the minimum, right? Like just, just do what I was familiar with, but I knew that the only way that this would go away was if I tackled the principle. And it's not like I saw 50 grand and said, I'm going to pay all that off at once. I saw 50 grand and I bucketed them. I said, okay, for IVF, I think it cost almost 30 grand, but there were pieces of that. There was a credit card, for example, that had seven grand that was um, just the medication aspect of it. And I thought, okay, I'm going to pay the minimum on everything, but I'm going to save up seven grand all at once and swipe that out of the way. And when I got my tax return, right? Like, I don't even know what the hell happened. It was a huge blessing. It was like bigger than it's ever been. And I just trusted the process. I got this huge tax return. And of course you look at it and you're like, whoa, what could I do with this? What kind of cool stuff can I do with this? It's like those old tendencies come back of like, let me spend this. they, They do, they will, they kind of always will. Absolutely. I'm sure you have moments of getting like large chunks of cash and being like, Ooh, is this my second? Is this my like vacation home? Is this my whatever? Like it is absolutely normal. And of course, being from a generation where everything is like a click away, it's like easier than ever to totally screw yourself over. And so, so, you know, tax return comes in. I'm like, okay, that's another credit card. The, The way that I approached it was, I want to be able to pay these off in full so that they're gone and I don't have to think about it. I am actively removing this burden one at a time. So the way I'm hearing it is a little bit like you had to learn how to save first and tackle those like tendencies. Yeah. And by learning how to save, you use that skill to then pay off the debt. So like with the tax return, like, oh, big chunk of money. Like, what could I do with it? But because you had already established your saving skills and worked through the mindset of that, you were able to decide, okay, this is going to go towards that piece now. Absolutely. And I think it's even more important to call out the fact that like, it was not without fault. Right. Like These, these aren't linear processes that happen. These aren't linear at all. And I think like to the whole fitness journey, um, correlation there are going to be times where you totally screw up where you like went to a bachelorette party and just reversed I mean quote unquote reversed so much of the work that you did and that is okay that is part of the process you will will do that and I just kind of think that like that's life like that's not even against the process it's just like it's similar to like again the fitness journey right like I'm going to eat a cupcake at a birthday party. (laughs) Like that's not a failure. I'm just going to eat a cupcake at a birthday party. And I like my reason. And I like my reason for spending a lot of money at a bachelorette party in Vegas or whatever. And I'm also going to work on paying off my debt, but I'm going to bake in to my plan 
these other things. I, I think it's so unsustainable when we set ourselves up for failure by saying something like, okay, I'm just going to go ham on the debt. And like, I'm going to cut everything else out of my life and I'm not going to go to any birthday parties and I'm not going to spend any money on anything. And it's like, you'll do that for a month and then you'll get so burnt out and then you'll give up on the entire thing. And so we have to look at ourselves as entire human beings with a range of life like circumstances. And we have to make a plan that fits it all in. Otherwise we won't do it. And it just sounds so cheesy to be able to say like, it's not the destination, it's the journey, but it's so, (laughs) it's, it's so true. It's like, this is a, this is a lifestyle change, right? This is a mental change. This is something that while you can maybe take breaks from it or avoid it, like it's still there. Um, and I, I look at so many, it really like opened up my third eye of other things. Like really when it comes to like health finances, like everything that keeps us going and, and keeps us alive. I think right? of myself as a life coach and I just use money as a window into people's lives. Honestly, because like we talk about everything under the sun and money is such a gateway into so many aspects of our lives, uh, which is also why I got life coach certified. Cause I was like, wait a minute, I need some tools because we're talking about people's entire lives here. So update, where are you at on the debt? I have no debt what? aside from the mortgage. So the no 50K debt. is done. 50K. Oh, yeah. That that's, original that's, 50K. I'm like, what 50K? Yeah, no, that's done. <laughs> um, Amazing. That, that, like I said, like once I really focused and accepted the fact that it would not be linear and knew that there would be setbacks and that they weren't my fault, that I didn't do this to myself, that... I now have these habits in place that not only will get me out of this, but will protect me from this. Mm. That's when I started to realize, just keep going, just keep going and trust the process. So out of debt, I still absolutely use my credit card for everything, but only because now I have a really clear snapshot of where it's going. Mm -hmm. Um, we, our 401k is above six figures. Like our employee stock purchase plan is great. We have, I mean, I haven't even updated the tracker, but I think I'm probably closer to a hundred for the year, which was like the entire purpose of this. That's amazing. So going from like earlier, you were talking about being with your work friends, they're all at six figures and you haven't even started. Yeah. So now you're at six figures and above. And yeah. debt-free besides the and mortgage, which we don't really count. <laughs> yeah. Mortgage doesn't count, but it totally is the case. And even, even with a unexpected 30 grand pipe, oh, my pride amazing. and joy, my beautiful <laughs> pipe. You better um, love that pipe. <laughs> I, I'm. <laughs> thank God. He was like this. You'll, you'll never have to do this again. I'm like, okay, well that's, that's a good feeling. Yeah. Um, but no, really, I, it's a blessing to not have to think about it. That's what it comes down to is I don't even think about it anymore. Cause it just kind of happens for me. And I know that I am incredibly fortunate to be able to say that not only because I have access to funds like that, but because I have access to knowledge like this, like these are the types of things that you don't just learn, you kind of have to seek this information. Um, And so I'm very well aware of that and grateful for it. But I'm also like, how do we, how do we share this? More people need to know that they are capable of owning their financial situation and creating better habits and creating a better future for themselves and their future generations. Absolutely. Hi, that's why we're here. (laughs) I'm like, yes, that's my whole life. I'm trying to tell people. I'm trying to tell you guys. This is also why I'm like, my uh, my friends think I'm really delusional sometimes. And they're like, Gina, but like, 
but like Gina, not everyone can save six figures. Right. And I'm like, no, everyone can save six figures. Like you can't, I am unshakable in my belief and maybe it takes someone 14 months or 18 months or seven months, right? Like the timeline can change, but I really truly believe in like the power that each of you guys have over your own financial circumstances. Totally. And I think one thing too, Gina, is the clarification that maybe your bank account won't say $100,000 in it. Oh my gosh. Yes. But that does not mean that you didn't actively set aside this much money. And I had to realize that myself of, hey, this is only 39 or this is only 62 or whatever it may be. But then I look and I'm like, wait a minute, don't forget that you saved that 30 grand. You saved that down there. This is why I have my clients submit every time they move money into savings. I'm like, okay, every time you move money, submit a win, even if you end up spending that money later, because it is the act of saving that we also want to like celebrate you for. And it's also the thing that we want to encourage, right? Because it's the behavior. It's not the outcome going back to like, we're going to go back to the fitness, right? Like I don't care how much you weigh or I don't care like your body fat percentage. I care that like you go to the gym three times a week or however many times a week you want to go and that you feel confident doing that. And, um, And yeah, so like you have submitted $59,550 of wins. That probably is different than what your bank account looks like. Yeah. And it's never, it's also never going to be like the same. I tell my clients too, who do hit a hundred K like current balance, a hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, take a screenshot, celebrate it. Cause it's not going to stay there for long. <laughs> like right. it's always this pulsing thing of you're going to hit a number and then you're going to spend some, and then you're going to put more in and then you're going to spend it. And it's just like this living kind of like the tides come in and out. Yeah. And, and you can't beat yourself up either. Like I am very cognizant. I don't want to create a culture in my program or in my community where we villainize ourselves for spending our savings. I'm like, no, the whole point is to spend it. That's what money's for. And sometimes it's on unexpected things like a pipe (laughs) under your house. And sometimes it's on a bougie ass vacation to Europe. Right. Um, but it's such a good point that like, it's going back. It's not this linear process. It's very a linear. You're the words person. (laughs) What's the word? It is inconsistent and it will always be inconsistent. There you go. (laughs) Better said. It's unpredictable. It's inconsistent. And there will be times that you are not prepared. Mm. And that is okay too. You have the tools. Like that's the biggest piece is who's to say that I might not come across a life event where it's all gone. Right. What I know what to do. Right. Oh my God. It's like we have, we both have toddlers. They're yeah. learning everything from scratch. Literally better or everything. Worse. Yeah. <laughs> they're learning everything from scratch. And they're like the saying, like, I'll cross that bridge when I get there. That's their whole lives is just crossing bridge after bridge after bridge. And at a certain point, whether through schooling or society or whatever, our families, we kind of start getting afraid of crossing bridges of like coming up against a bridge. And yeah, what if you come to a financial circumstance that you are not prepared for? Do you trust that you have the skills and the wherewithal and the confidence to figure it out, even if you've never done it before. Like everything you've done in your life, there was a time where you had never done it before. And money's no different, but you can figure it out. I think 100%. And I think, especially when it comes to kids, you're like, fuck it, let's see what happens. Right? Like you can't, right. we have to do this. Hold my hand. Oh my God. We're doing swimming lessons with Paloma oh. and every week they have to hold their breath for like a second longer than last week. But the yeah. first time the teacher's like, okay, we're going to put her underwater. You're like, she's never held her breath before. 
Right. How do, is she going to be able to do it? Or is she going to drown? And you just like dunk them in yeah. and figure it out. And now she's like holding her breath for like five seconds. I'm like, yeah. what the heck? It's How hysterical. And like, I mean, like even from their perspective, it's like, I don't know what just happened, but I did it. Like, what's here. going on? Yeah. <laughs> we Truly. did that with, with Tor when he was like six months old. And I remember being like, the poor kid, like, can't even, like, tell me he's over this, but <laughs> here we go. Um, no, but you're, you're absolutely right. It's, all of it is unpredictable. It is yeah. always going to be unpredictable. That's life. Right. But doing the best you can to be prepared and then being prepared in those moments, like I said, is very empowering. Being able to say, yeah, that sucks. That happened. But I took but care I got of it. this. I got it. I took it. care of it and I'm continuing. I'm just going to rebuild. Ooh, yeah, that is super powerful, especially with those circumstances that we don't love. Your car breaks down or the pipe or whatever. Okay. I have two final questions and then we'll wrap up. If you could like go back in time to like two years ago what would you like excitedly tell that version of you? And what advice would you have for Ashley like 18 months ago? I would tell myself that I could do it because I genuinely didn't think that I could. I had found channels to spend my money in where it didn't feel like I could have anything left over. Oh my God. That's such a common one for my clients. They come and they're like, I just don't make enough money. Like there's never enough left over. For me, it was about discipline. I hate that word, but it, it truly was. It was about discipline and being able to say, most people on earth can survive with this much money. Oh, you got hard on yourself. I mean, that's kind of how I how I am. I love it's it. That, <laughs> that, that, you know, that immigrant pressure. I was going to say, that's like some good yeah. immigrant mentality right there. <laughs> like we, we, we know how to work within our means. And I had lost sight of that. And that doesn't mean that I severely limit myself I mean I still like treat myself to the good cheese at the grocery store you know but when I looked at the bucket of what I had and what I'm working with I am able to make those prioritizations of where I want to spend that money based on what I need and if I want to buy the fancy cheese over the really good toilet paper whatever like I I get to such I'm a picking the toilet girl. paper. You all can't this, take my fancy this, toilet paper. Steward talk is just going nuts. <laughs> but um, but really, like I I I I know that what I had was what I'm working with, and not only did I make it work, I was fine. I was okay. Um, so what would I tell myself is that. You absolutely can do it without, without much pain either. Oh yeah. What would you like celebrate with your past self? Like, bitch, we did that. <laughs> oh yeah. That I would do that. Um, <laughs> I think just truthfully, I would celebrate the fact that I have cash. The cycle was I get paid. I have a lot of money. I use it all on a credit card and then I pay that credit card off. And I have zero dollars. And now I put things on my credit card simply for points. And I pay it off immediately because I have cash. Like if 18 months ago, I knew that I had, I'd have cash on hand for whatever. Like that is some boss bitch shit right there. That is the best feeling. That's like my dad used to walk around like with literal cash all the time, like yeah. at least a hundred, two hundred dollars in his wallet. I never have cash, but when I do have literal physical cash, I'm like, yeah, I have cash. Yeah, <laughs> Meta metaphorical cash. Yes, yeah, no, no, I got you. I got, but that's the feeling I was getting. Like, ooh, yeah, like let me whip out my cash. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Final question for those listening who are either starting a business on the side and like working that up or who actually just don't have a desire to own a business, but who are somehow in listening to this podcast anyways, what advice would you have for them? What would you say to those people? 
oh my god do it do it because if anything I am I am now inspired my end goal was never tech I love what I do and I'm very fortunate to be here but my end goal is having my own business most people on earth have an end goal of doing something that isn't what they're doing right now and for me this was kind of the drive to think about that realistically. Like I feel privileged to be able to even think about the opportunity that I can give myself by doing this. And so being part of it, I, I feel closer to my goal. I set this goal 2027. I'm out. I'm going to do something like, I love it. Now I look at my days as a step towards that goal. What am I doing to get towards that goal? And being around a bunch of entrepreneurs that did did the thing. It's a fun group. Also, yeah. Just entrepreneurs in general are like so energizing to be around. Oh my God. And like they kick ass. These are mostly women who don't take shit. They keep going and they will get what they want. And I think you've empowered them to your point from like a holistic life approach of like, get your money in order because that's the hardest part, but like, it's about getting your mind right. And you can do it. It's, it's, you are doing yourself a very big solid by looking out for you and your future. It's like a, it's like a big hug for yourself. Self hug. Yeah. It's a, it's a huge act of self-care and self-love. Absolutely. All right. Any parting words? This has been so wonderful. This has been wonderful. No parting words. Just happy to be here. Amazing. Happy From the words it. lady, no parting <laughs> words. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for being here with us. To everyone listening in, you can catch us next week. And we'll see you later.